Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. We have discussed uh, the divorce process on this podcast in the past, uh, looking at different aspects from separation agreements, uh, custody hearings, talked about uh, division of assets, no-fault divorces, uh, a number of different topics. Today, we're going to look at what happens at the end of the process as we discuss what is known as the divorce prove-up. Uh, hi, everybody. Jim Mitchell, uh, back with you again for another edition of our conversations here. And joining me today will be attorney Heidi Kuffel. Heidi is an associate at Lavelle Law. You may have heard her uh, here on this podcast in the past talking about uh, a number of different topics. So I'm glad that she's able to join us today. Good afternoon, Heidi. How are you today? Good. How are you, Jim? Good. Doing fine. Thanks for taking the time. Um, let's uh, let's start at the end, I guess. First question, and we're going to kind of put it at the end of the process. Is it is it correct to assume or to identify the prove-up as, as the final step in a divorce proceeding? It is correct to identify it as that. Um, the prove-up is when that judgment of dissolution of marriage is entered, and it's the day that you're officially divorced uh, from your spouse. And is it a formal court process that happens, or is it just sort of milestone at the end? Um, it is a formal court process. And uh, when we're talking about the, the prove-up in this case, we are talking about uh, parties that have uh, entered into some kind of a marital settlement agreement, and they are choosing to uh, move forward with it uh, as an uncontested matter. So, um Technically, if you have a petitioner and a respondent and they have both agreed to the terms that are within this marital settlement agreement, um, really just the petitioner actually needs to be present, not uh, the respondent, but the respondent can if, if they so choose. Okay. Yeah, and that was my question as to you know, who's, who's actually involved. So it, it sounds like there's the documentation, the negotiation process, and, and then the, the final step here now is is this process assuming that uh, um, at least the petitioner is on site is is this a process in which the judge then approves those documents that have been negotiated the the settlement agreement or might the judge have some questions during this process as well that's that's a great question uh, what generally happens is the parties have already uh, agreed to to terms and if you do have the respondent there too what's what's uh, nice in that situation is that if there are any any questions that do arise that would require any kind of um, you know modification that 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 the respondent is there also to uh, initial or make any changes but um, usually what happens is uh, the judge will uh, listen to the testimony that the petitioner provides, and as uh, the judge listens to that testimony, uh, if he or she has any questions regarding a, a certain provision, uh, they will just ask then right on the spot, you know, for for further clarification or um, how it's working. And sometimes it might just be uh, just a, a semantics or some kind of wording that the judge will just order that that is reflected in a way that is more easily understood. Um, but if it's an actual if it's an actual substantive change that needs to happen, that could prevent uh, the prove up from continuing on if the parties need to agree to that. 
So you mentioned there a little bit about what those questions might be. So the so the judge, despite what the attorneys and parties have done, the judge at that point may actually question uh, some of the contents of the agreement, whether it's financial or custody or visitation or other things at that point. Right, right, and that doesn't that doesn't typically occur too uh, too often, but they certainly can and they they will. Um, and you know, of course, they're ensuring that it meets all the minimum requirements and. Um, you know that the that all I guess the legal aspects of it have been met as far as what the parties agree to themselves. Uh, you know that's that's something that the the judge wants to defer to the parties and not intervene in uh, as best as possible. And and so just to be clear, because you've you've mentioned a couple times that uh, you know the parties have agreed on this, so there's there's really not a way to get to the prove up step. Um, if one party is pushing harder just to get this things resolved, I mean, you, you've got to have both side, sides that agree before this is ever going to happen. Right. Um, what happens in, in many uh, different courts is that they'll actually have uh, the parties file a certificate to hear the cause as an uncontested matter. And essentially what that's uh, doing is saying that both the parties agree that they have come to an agreement and that we can schedule a prove-up at this time. Now, there are certain situations where, say, uh, the parties haven't agreed yet and maybe there's a, a trial that's set and the parties instead want to prove it up on that day. Often the court, you know, will do that um, and will entertain it, but that also means that the parties are sort of working together at that time to come to uh, an agreement. So it, it may take a, a bit longer, depending upon the, the judge's schedule, um, he or she may, may or may not have, have time to actually uh, conduct the prove-up. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I guess we could probably do a, a whole separate discussion on this, so I'll just ask you for a kind of an overview here because I'm, I'm getting off track a little bit. But you've mentioned the documents, the settle, marital settlement agreement. Um, how much documentation is associated with this? Is it all in one document or are there separate documents for, as I said, you know, finances and assets and custody and everything else? What, what's all taking place up to this point? Sure. So um, the documents that are, are, there's a lot of different documents that are presented and entered into the court on this day. And the most Im- important ones are, you know, that marital settlement agreement, which is incorporated into the judgment for dissolution. And then um, if there's any children involved, the allocation judgment also might be entered at that time. Um, and then they have a bunch of just uh, sheets to sort of work through and submit at the same time um, with, with prove-up sheets. Uh, you, you do have a court reporter there as well, so you want to make sure that um, it, that the court reporter gets uh, the information on the case. The uh, testimony that's taken that day will be um, transcribed then by that court reporter, and then um, the attorney for that petitioner will have a chance to review the transcript um, after it's produced. So let's put ourselves in the courtroom. We've got um, at least one, if not both parties, present and and represented. We've got the documents. Um, Everything seems to be in order. It's been negotiated and agreed upon. Is it it a good bet then that this is the final step and the divorce is granted, or or is the prove-up potentially going to send something back for some reason? Sure. It's usually a, a, a good indicator that it, it will be granted. Now, there, if there's children involved, uh, different judges uh, c- kind of uh, handle um, the parenting class in different ways. There's an order that's entered, which either says uh, states that the parties have completed uh, the parenting class required, um, and if they uh, if they haven't, there is a place where you can actually fill in that they can um, 
take the parenting class within, you know, like 28 days of, of the prove up or, or something like that. Some judges will allow that. Others do not even want to conduct the prove up without having uh, that class already taken and having the proof of, of taking that class, the certificate, handed over to them prior to even doing the prove up. Okay. Now, i, I got to come back to that in a minute. I'll just remind everyone here that uh, today we're talking about the uh, divorce prove-up process. My guest is attorney Heidi Kuffel of Lavelle Law. Um, Heidi, very familiar with court proceedings through her work in corporate and personal litigation, as well as uh, the topic at hand today, family law. Uh, you can learn more about Heidi's practice at LavelleLaw.com. You're going to find some of her past podcasts and articles there. Um, they're all archived. And I'll point you to one that I'm a fan of. It's um, her It's Debatable series of articles with, with one of her colleagues where they do a kind of a point-counterpoint, uh, kind of fun to read through, and I suggest you take a look. There's a new release in that area uh, just in the last couple of weeks at LavelleLaw.com. Um, Heidi, as we continue this discussion today, you mentioned uh, you know, possibly having a good idea to have both parties there, so if anything needs to get changed by judges' orders, it can be initialed. I, I imagine that people, when they realize the finality of what they're about to do this day, they may suddenly raise some doubts or concerns about what went on over the last many months or years. Is it too late to ask for a change in documentation at that point? Does that kind of kill the whole process and send you back to the table? Mm, that's a good question, and that's probably a case-by-case case on that. I would I would hope that um, since you are at that point and everyone, you know, is, is thinking that this is the, the final stepping stone on this, that you'd be able to uh, sort of reach a, a consensus and reach an agreement with one another on anything uh, you might want. But uh, at that point, you, you really should be pretty satisfied and set with everything that's in those documents and during the um the prove up process too we we will uh, the attorneys will ask um their clients if they are you know aware of of all of the different provisions within the marital settlement agreement and whether those terms have been fully explained to them and they um understand exactly what it is that they have they are entering into so um that is that is something you you know absolutely want to make sure that uh, there is a an understanding and that, you know, they both have agreed to it. And when I talk to you and, and your colleagues about court proceedings in particular, um, you know, we, we often hear a lot about uh, the way schedules change and how busy the courts are, especially, you know, certain courts uh, that handle things like divorce or bankruptcy. Um, I suppose as people look forward to getting this process behind them, they've got a date on their schedule, they're looking forward to it. Is it is it likely then that that could change just based on court activity, and should they not be surprised if things get moved around at the last minute? Uh, generally, you know, and that's that's another that's another good question. They um, generally there's another judge that could be available at that time, but as as you know, like if a judge is out and that was the judge that was set for the prove up, and someone else might another judge, you know, if it's a uh, like a, uh, a a municipal or a um, one of the smaller courthouses, if if there's only two judges that can, can hear it and one of them has a trial going on that day and the other one's out, you could very well uh, get, get rescheduled. But usually they do try to move you to just a, a different judge if it's possible. But the, the issue that's usually related to that is that you need to then get a court reporter and make sure that, you know, that court reporter is available to then, um, you know, take down the, the testimony. So... And you've mentioned the court reporter and, and just sort of described the functionality there. Now, is that something that 
you as as the attorney would uh, make sure is arranged. I just always assume that you know there's always one in the court, but is that an outside service that you've got to schedule and and uh, you know make sure that there's someone there to cover that for you? Usually, if the if the prove up is if it's scheduled for a prove up, they will have a court reporter already there. The court will already have a court reporter there for you. Um, mm-hmm. If it's something like where we were talking about, uh, where uh, the judge is out and they're you know moving uh, moving us to a different courtroom, or we we may then have to go you know try to try to find a court reporter and see if we can't still have the prove up that day. But usually, it is taken care of because it's on a prove up schedule, and they will have someone in there for that purpose. And and not to simplify this, but, you know, at the end of this process, uh, is it simply the judge's signature and, and stamp, whatever it might be, that says, okay, divorce is final, and, you know, you walk out, and that's really what the outcome of the, the prove-up is, is to finally wrap everything up? Right. Um, it, that is that is the final outcome, and then you um, you have your official paperwork, your uh, judgment of dissolution. You can get a certified copy that day. Uh, they uh, in Cook County, they cost a little less uh, if you get it the day of and then later on. Um, and you might you might uh, want a certified copy for purposes of changing back to your maiden name uh, if if it's a, a, um, a woman and she wants to return back to her maiden name at that time, and that's that's put in the judgment that she can do that. Um, and um, you know there might be a few other um, proceedings that that will occur after that that are the post dissolution uh, proceedings that were part of that uh, marital settlement agreement, but they don't happen until after that decree is entered as well. And those types of things would be expected, though there shouldn't be any surprises that come after the after the prove up is complete. Right. No, there there certainly wouldn't be any surprises. But examples of that are just you know if they're waiting on a uh, their home to to sell or um, if they want to deal with any kind of retirement assets, uh, splitting those and entering a qualified domestic relations order. But that's all that's all part of the marital settlement agreement. It's just that um, there will be some maybe some issues that are still outstanding after um, after that's entered. Well, fantastic. And i got to tell you, that's a whole lot that we've covered here in a short bit of time, and I want to thank Heidi Kuffel for uh, being a part of it. Um, and we will let her get back to work, but you can always reach Heidi at Lavelle Law at uh, 847-705-7555, or you can drop her a note at uh, hkuffel, K-U-F-F-E-L, at lavellelaw.com. She'll be there to help you out, and we appreciate her being here with us today, and certainly always enjoy having you along to listen. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 